Hi, everybody. This is Kara Fitzgerald. New Frontiers in Functional Medicine is here every month, bringing you the best minds in functional medicine. And we would not be able to do this over the years without the generous contributions from our sponsors, Metagenics, Integrative Therapeutics, and Biotics Research. The mission of Metagenics is to lead the movement in making personalized nutritional intervention the standard of care in the treatment and prevention of disease and the promotion of optimal health. For over 30 years, Metagenics has been dedicated to scientific discovery, innovative products, unparalleled quality, education, and practitioner partnerships to support lifestyle functional nutrition. For more information, visit Metagenics at metagenics.com. Biotics Research. For four, over 40 years, the foundations of biotics research has been innovation and quality. Their goals remain unchanged. Innovative ideas, carefully researched concepts, and product development with advanced analytical and manufacturing techniques. Biotics nutritional products are of superior quality and effectiveness and available exclusively to healthcare professionals. Visit them at bioticsresearch.com. Integrative Therapeutics is focused on inspiring a better lifestyle through better health. By providing meticulously formulated nutritional supplements and valuable resources, Integrative Therapeutics promises to enrich your patients and embolden your practice. Welcome to your Integrative Therapeutics. Find them at integrativepro.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a New Frontiers in Functional Medicine, where we are interviewing the best minds in functional medicine, and of course, today is no exception. I'm always excited about our guests. Actually, we're closing in on almost 100 podcasts. I've been doing this since 2015, and I've you know, I'm always excited about the human beings that join me in conversation. So today we have Amy Mack and we've got Dr. Patrick Hannaway. I want to give you their backgrounds and then I'll give you the topic. So Amy, as you probably know, is the CEO of the Institute for Functional Medicine. She started with us as a COO um, and has now really moved moved beautifully into the role of CEO, and I think she's guiding IFM in, in, in a powerful and important way. Um, we, we really need you right now, Amy. Uh, so she spent the last 30 years in mission and service-oriented organizations focusing on empowering individuals and community to drive systems change. Before joining IFM, uh, she was the executive director at Europe Puget Sound in Seattle and CEO for two Big Brothers Big Sister affiliates. She graduated with a BS in biology from Indiana University and an MSES MPA from Indiana University School of Public and Environmental Affairs. Uh, Dr. Patrick Hannaway, of course, you are familiar with him at the IFM uh, for years. He's a board-certified family physician trained at Washington University and past president of the American Board of Integrative Holistic Medicine. He currently serves as the senior advisor to the CEO, to Amy, at, the, at IFM. Um, and he was previously the CMO at Genova Diagnostics uh, and chief medical education officer at IFM. He was the founding medical director at Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine, he also served as the research director and currently serves as, the re as a research collaborator. Dr. Hanaway's focus is to leverage his skill set to transform medical practice through education. Patrick and Amy, welcome to New Frontiers. Thank you. Thank you so much, so glad to be here. 
Yeah. So today, folks, we're going to be we're going to just dig into where IFM is right now uh, in terms of I, I kind of the mission of of moving forward the COVID conversation and the training in the medical space. We're also going to look at um, changing the functional medicine paradigm in terms of delivery, like a holistic delivery to uh, meet everyone's needs. So uh, moving outside, moving through racial disparities and embracing them and just really expanding the paradigm. And I think this year's AIC, which we're going to reference a, a handful of times, is 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 doing both of these. Uh, I'm going to start our conversation with Patrick, and then I will uh, talk to Amy. Uh, so Patrick, you know, you and I podcasted a handful of months ago, actually, it was one of the most powerful podcasts I've done. I, I loved it where you shared your personal health journey over the past few years. And so we'll link to that in the show notes if people want to exclusive focus on it. But tell us just a little bit about that um, and how you've cultivated re resilience in your own life and how that's impacted you and how has it impacted you as a clinician? Well, thank you, um, Kara. Yeah, that was, it, it, it was and is a, a powerful influence in, in my life. So, you know, I've had a lot of opportunities in, in functional medicine, you know, to be able to learn and grow and help people and, you know, learning in those aspects of, of uh, on a personal level of like working with insulin resistance and working with, you know, how to be able to optimize my own health and well-being. And then, you know, two and a half years ago, you know, right before Thanksgiving, uh, being diagnosed with a stage four laryngeal cancer. Um, and that, uh, you know, I must say caught me off guard and, and was one of... Uh, you know, I've talked about uh, cancer as an agent of transformation, you know, with my patients going back 30 years, you know, and it's like, okay, so what do I need to transform? What do I need to change? What do I need to learn? How do I, how do I do this? And, you know, really working to ask for help, um, you know, not a typical role for me, usually offering uh, help and support to people, but asking for help and just finding an unbelievable support system that was there, um, including and especially within the, the functional medicine community to be able to, you know, offer me perspectives and views and what, um, you know, my relationships allowed me to be able to find well, what is what is the best way to approach this and, and learning from others who had gone through it, like our, our mutual friend, John Weeks, you know, and, and we spent a lot of time talking about that because John had a similar diagnosis, uh, you know, 10 years prior to me. And, uh, and so being able to go through from, you know, a, a root cause analysis of what was going on. And certainly I, I talked with people who, you know, I think uh, Tom Seafried, I, I first heard about through you, um, you know, some many, many years ago, and uh, Dom D'Agostino and looking at, at ketogenic diets and fasting and approaches. And, and what I found was, you know, a way to not just take the concepts, but really to discern through and how do I apply them and how does it work for me specifically, working with a uh, 
integrative oncologist who's been a part of the functional medicine community that was, you know, referred to me by, by our friend Mark Hyman, uh, that is Nalini Chokoff in, in Santa Monica. And she, you know, helped me in the process. And so I just moved through, you know, the idea of, well, I want to do everything. I'm working with, um, you know, the, the conventional medicine approaches of radiation therapy and chemotherapy, but, you know, also looking at uh, the use of a ketogenic diet and, you know, doing that through a tube feed, which is a whole different ball game of, right. of, 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 of a learning nutrition in terms of, okay, will it fit through a, you know, a, a thin tube going into my stomach because the radiation was going to affect my ability to swallow. Um, you know, and, and through it all, and then and then using uh, you know Dr. Longo's approach on, you know, who, and I'd known about this, and I'd been you know working with you know tools like Prolon and fasting mimicking diet, and I knew that it arose originally, you know, from how to decrease side effects and increase efficacy of chemotherapy, you know, but I never really engage that until all of a sudden I have to get chemotherapy. Oh, I should do this. And I dove into that more deeply. Uh, and one, you know, Dr. Longo is going to talk at our, our annual international conference, but you know, I, I have since you said, how has it affected practice? I'm seeing a lot more cancer patients and, you know, the idea of, of, uh, you know, fasting before chemo is like it, there's a very interesting data on that. And, and I find it's the area where, you know, some of my oncology colleagues have the greatest resistance to, like, they're not ready to to engage that, and yet the uh, the benefits to the patients that I've seen are incredible in terms of decrease, especially in terms of decreased side effects. That's what we can see really um, right up front. So, it's to me, they're all aspects of the functional medicine view, which is looking at all of the elements and the therapeutic relationship and the root causes and how to bring these things together in a systems biology, in a, you know, as you said, in a holistic framework to be able to do that and apply it, you know, that's what I did, you know, and that's what I got the support from the community to be able to do. Mm-hmm. You know, to the extent that, you know, my oncologist would continue to say like, you're not acting like all of our other patients right. who've had this kind of therapy, you know, and while it was difficult, um, it was, it was something that I was able to move through. And, you know, so now, um, you know, two plus years out from, from finishing therapy, you know, no evidence of disease on PET scan and, you know, continue to look at biomarkers and, um, you know, doing well. And, you know, seeing more and more cancer patients uh, in my own practice, applying these same kinds of approaches and tools um, to be able to help them to be the healthiest cancer patient going through what they're going through. And like, I'm not trying to define what the whole course of treatment should be. I'm not an oncologist, but I am a physician who's helping people to move towards being the healthiest they can be to optimize their own resilience to what's going on. And that's been really a, uh, you know, both an incredible journey and a teaching for me to be able to learn that in ways that are, were far more profound um, than I would have imagined. And I feel just really blessed to be able to share this. And that, you know, I'll, I'll say one other thing, you know, about that as, as we go forward. And, and that is in it, 
there's, there was this level of uncertainty, of not knowing, not knowing what's going to happen, which actually leads to a, a, a presencing. It's like, oh, I have to be really present in the moment. I can't presume I'm going to know what's going to happen. Um, and it's also kind of prepare. So it allows, well, what are the things that are going to help the most? So that, as it turns out, has been great preparation for this time of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, of the uncertainty around that, mm-hmm. and to be able to say, how do we listen and how do we use the best tools that we have available? And how do we listen to where science is at and help people to apply it? You know, there's a lot of good information out there, but there's also a lot of noise. And so how do we grab that signal of what best practices are and amplify that using the discernment uh, that functional medicine teaches? Well, thank you for that. (laughs) I want to unpack just a little bit of what you said because you've said many important things and I and and just witnessing Patrick you know being being witness to your journey I you've used as you said the breadth of interventions from very sophisticated functional medicine and 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 uh you know both interventions and you know laboratory analysis etc to um standard of care oncology work um, to sophisticated nutritional interventions. Um, and you also, actually, one of the things that really moved me, you said this at, at PLMI, actually, Jeff Bland was interviewing you in 2020 at PLMI, and you talked about heart rate variability. I mean, so I just, the mind-body piece, like, you were, your journey is very mapped to the matrix. I mean, really, all of the nodes are involved in the lifestyle factors, all of the whole thing, you really, you, you, you leaned on that tool big time. But in, t- in speaking about, you know, just the center of the matrix, something that really struck me was when you mentioned your heart rate variability really kind of leaping forward. I'm paraphrasing this, you can correct me, was when you were like stomping mm-hmm. around in your creek, right? On your property. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just the full thing. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just, uh, you know, it's in, it's in the notes that you have, but I mean, it was just that, you know, I've been using a tool like the Aura Ring, you know, for about five years now. And, you know, and what I find and what I, and I found it during this time with cancer is that when I'm in nature, kind of just, just playing, um, that my heart rate variability improves like two to three fold. Um, and that was a great awareness point for me that I, that I found during that time where I was, I was quiet enough that I could actually see the changes and learn from them. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. I'm a fan of the aura ring as well. I think it it does help bring attention, uh, to my heart. It's useful for, for similar reasons. So in our show notes, folks, we're going to link to Patrick's previous, our, our previous conversation. If we can link to the PLMI, um, conversation with Jeff Land, we will do that. There are a lot, and, and we talk about, in fact, on Patrick's show notes from our podcast, we have um, his treatment plan. He, sh- he shared a lot of content with us. So if you're interested in drilling down uh, into that, just look at our current show notes. Um, so now you're, you, you know, you moved from this journey really into um, managing uh, the IFM's response to the pandemic, you know, along with Joel Evans. Can you, um, can you just speak to that and, um, you know, what you're doing, who's a part of it, um, 
the tools that IFM has created for uh, for clinicians. And I think that some of the content is actually available to everybody. So just speak to what what you're doing and where you're going with with that. Sure, sure. Well, I'm going to just set it up in that. Uh... At the beginning of last year, um, Amy and I were having conversations, and I said, you know, I want to be able to support um, functional medicine, and what is a way to do that? And she said, well, you know, uh, helping with uh, the development of research and, and you know, some other areas that it would be great to support her in, in that way. And, and uh, I said, sure, I'll, I'll do that. And, you know, I said that, like, at the beginning of May, and it was like, it, it felt like over the weekend, I think it may have been two weeks later, she said, <laughs> um, I, I need you, I'd like you to, you know, help um, lead this task force on COVID, you know, it was coming forth and, and we were seeing in our field, you know, you and I were a part of an exchange of, of emails amongst, you know, 40 or so educators where it's like, oh, wow, there's a lot of energy here. There's a lot yes. of questions. There's a lot of knowledge. And it's like, oh, yeah, we need to do something. And so I was, um, you know, privileged to have the opportunity to be able to do that and with a great group of not only Joel Evans, who you mentioned, but, you know, Robert Luby, Dan Lukaser, you know, a number of other educators who were part of our rapid response team. And it was like gathering information and like, okay, well, we don't know how to treat, how to decrease the, the symptomatic effect of uh, the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus. But we do know something about coronaviruses and we do know something about viruses and we do know something about the immune system and how to build resilience. And, you know, let's gather the, the, the best evidence um, and be able to take that through our own uh, standards process of, of evaluating the evidence and, and what is the what is the, you know, the evidence of, of benefit and what is the risk of harm? And we were able to apply standards that, you know, Amy and I had had uh, had worked together as, as co-chairs on our standards committee to develop. And, and so now we're, we're, we were applying it uh, directly. So we began with that process and we put forth uh, webinars and publications um, and, you know, supported like work that you were doing with uh, you know, Joe Pizzarno and Sam Yannick, uh, you know, just helping to get the word out on what, what to do and how to be able to, um, help support individuals. I, I recall, you know, seeing um, uh, Chris Cuomo, uh, you know, in his basement on TV saying, well, there's really nothing you can do. You, uh, you know, just like sequester yourself if you get it and, you know, hide and hope you don't get really sick. And if you do get really sick, go to the hospital and say, no, 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 there's so much more you can do okay. to decrease the symptoms, to decrease, um, you know, the, the progression, uh, should you, should you get it? And, you know, we've been promoting that. And as we look back now, literally a full year, literally even more than a little bit of more than a year, a year and a week from when we first put out our, our, guidelines and recommendations, they hold the test of time, you know, what yeah. we've been recommending to people um, and will help with other viral pandemics in the future. So, you know, that's really uh, IFM's role has been to be a, a platform for credible curated information about well, what is the best evidence that we can go forward to be able to decrease symptoms, support the immune system, and decrease the long-term sequelae of what's going on. And so we've continued uh, with a course um, that, that we developed, uh, Resistance, Resilience, and Recovery, Patient Care, and 
in a pandemic, um, which is a, a great uh, six-hour course uh, that has over uh, 20 different educators doing small little snippets of teaching to carry uh, practitioners and, and patients, if they wish, through a deeper understanding of how to work with um, decreasing the morbidity and mortality uh, from COVID. Um, we have uh, on our website uh, information that's available on, um, you know, diet, nutrition, and lifestyle, on nutritional supplementation, on testing, on vaccines. Um, we've developed uh, webinars led by uh, uh, Dr. Joel Evans and, and, and Dr. Robert Luby on ongoing aspect looking at uh, um, post uh post-acute sequelae of SARS-CoV-2, so-called PASC or long COVID, post-COVID, many different names, but you're looking at that and also giving credible information about vaccines, uh, the concerns, you know, we could, we, we could talk for, you know, the whole time just about that. But, you know, for myself, um, I've, I've had an approach that is like, you know, standing in the middle ground like finding out the information about vaccines of, of what's good and what's not good and what are concerns and how do we, how do we address those concerns and how do we give again, credible information to individuals. And that's what we have done, uh, putting together a vaccine dashboard and webinars to educate people, uh, working with Heather Zwicky, who's been on, on this show, um, previously, um, and, working to give people the best information possible so they can make decisions that will help them to decrease the overall effects of, of COVID on their lives. Thanks for that, Patrick. Yeah, indeed. It's, 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 it's very rewarding to witness what we began to unpack, you know, this time last, a little bit earlier than this time last year, um, you know, and what we've, you've been educating on at IFM and actually I, I, I participated in, um, mm -hmm. in the training, but, you know, just authoring, I will add uh, Helen Messier to the Samianic and, and Joe Pizzorno paper. Yep. In fact, we'll, I'll mm -hmm. pop that on the show notes, folks, just, it's a, it's a free peer reviewed um, paper that has a nice uh, table that you can access if you've not seen it yet for interventions that we're recommending, but it's very satisfying to see that these, that that we've done we've done a decent job here vetting them and you and and you guys especially being in the um on the task force and in the mix and i just you know thank god patrick that you all had the that you had the resilience and that the team and you were you know you all pulled together such a strong team and you were able to lead the charge in this i just want to ask you yeah go ahead i, I want to add one thing because i just want to give props to amy for like seeing it coming down and saying we got to jump on this and yeah. really you know gathering the resources and the team together to be able to do that she had the vision to do that and i really appreciate that yeah and amy you also we're going to swing over to you in a minute but you also we also mm -hmm. were faced with the with the second pandemic of this you know crisis of racism and, and health inequality and 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 just right there right there as you know just powerful and important and i and we'll we'll pick up that thread because it's 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 important that we we talk about it um but patrick i wanted to ask you and i think i think what's on folks minds now what on on clinicians uh treating folks with covid or you know identifying them them as long haulers like what 
uh, can you just unpack a little bit about what you're doing? Like what kind of resources do you have on sort of this next generation stage of COVID? Well, developing those and, you know, as we, we were talking about in April of last year, it's like, well, really the organizing focus is the matrix, the functional medicine matrix itself, you know, looking at the imbalances of what's going on and what we've, we've seen that be, become a bit more refined where uh, the elements of looking at what's going on with the gut microbiome, its relationship to the immune system and the two of their relationship to mitochondrial function and energy. Um, energy production, you know, because we see uh, people who are having issues with the gut-brain microbiome axis, people who are having issues with energy production and brain fog and fatigue and cardiac issues that are going on. Now, there's a subset. Um, there's some different phenotypes that are being expressed, and some will have more clotting uh, kinds of issues going on. Some will have some respiratory issues going on, but the, the predominant one seems to be this one around this uh, post-viral fatigue, you know, that as, you know, we've seen, you know, Jeff Bland has, has talked and written about where this is not new to us in functional medicine. We've been dealing with this kind of thing. It's just that now we have a very clear point source uh, that's happening of it. It's this virus which is causing this post-viral um, imbalance. And so we use the tools of, of looking at, at the gut immune axis and the gut immune micro, uh, mitochondria axis to be able to um, work to understand, well, what's underlying this? I mean, we see some patients where, you know, it's really clearly focused on their modifiable lifestyle factors and their diet and their way of dealing with stress and, and, and those issues. And then we look for, are there some extrinsic underlying causes uh, in my patient population, you know, I'm that, that have post COVID, um, you know, I'm seeing that it's those people who have underlying infections, hidden infections, uh, and other toxicity that are, are the greatest risk for that. And that was sitting there, you know, kind of unmasked or, you know, covered. And then and it becomes, if you will, curious choice of terms, uh, unmasked, um, you know, through through the, the, the COVID infection and its effect on the immune system. So that's where the focal point is in the in the the PASC at this point in time and, and what we're doing. Um, we've, uh, we've actually been having conversations with the Institute for Systems Biology and Dr. Lee Hood will also be you know, speaking at our conference, you know, in, in looking at characterizations that they have where um, they've, they've published and recognized that uh, in acute COVID, there is a shift that goes between mild and moderate to severe where there's a, a significant change in what's going on in the immune system and in the utilization or actually almost like capturing of, of macronutrients and micronutrients um, that causes a fundamental shift. And it appears that that is this, that is the shift that in, in those patients, they're much more at risk for the, the post-acute um, sequelae from COVID. And in that, you know, the thing that, we are hoping is that by giving the vaccination and decreasing the severity of, of even if they get uh, the SARS-CoV-2 infection, that they will not move into that immune imbalance and dysfunction that then progresses into the, 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 the post-COVID picture. We don't actually have data that says that that's the case. But we do know that it's the people who have more secure 
more severe acute COVID who are, have a much higher degree of post-COVID kinds of symptoms. You know, people who are hospitalized, it's like 40%. People who are not hospitalized, it's probably more like 10 to 15% mm-hmm. um, will develop these, these post-COVID pictures. Well, if we are use, able to use the vaccine and decrease the number of people who are hospitalized, we should be decreasing the number of people who are having post-acute COVID. That's um, yeah. And, and you know, we, we still need data to support that. But that's one of the reasons why... Um, you know, we've we've moved to really take a, a proactive stance, you know, looking at the data in this case, the efficacy of the vaccines, you know, which is from the randomized controlled trials. And now we see from from Israel and other areas, the effectiveness, the real world data on the effectiveness of, of the vaccines, not only in decreasing the morbidity and mortality, but also helping the people who have not received the vaccines. We see decreased uh, incidence of disease in that population as well, kind of moving towards herd immunity, not getting there yet, but you know, moving in that direction. So in this case, we find that the, the vaccines are a very useful tool in the armamentarium, but we also recognize it has to be integrated with those modifiable lifestyle factors, looking at diet, you know, eating a, a you know, uh, a non-inflammatory diet, not eating processed foods or ultra-processed foods, and using those kinds of nutrients that are going to support immune resilience. I, you know, thank you. I, you're, I, I know that you're carefully unpacking the different phenotypic expressions of of post-COVID, and yes, I think so. For those of us who are working with post-COVID patients now, and we're not sure where to go map to the matrix, or as Tom Salt says, lap the matrix, lap the matrix, lap the matrix, as Patrick is saying. And I think you'll, you'll walk your patient, um, you'll walk with your patient to where they need to go in their recovery journey. Uh, but also, Patrick, just the fact that you're, you're teasing out the different phenotypic presentations of, of long COVID is just going to be incredibly useful. And I cannot wait to hear um, Lee Hood present at um, AIC on their data. It's just it's ridiculously exciting so it's satisfying for me as a clinician but it's also satisfying for me as a as a researcher you know i want just and 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 being able to deliver smart um you know translate the science so that we can deliver it um to our patients uh, as quickly as possible so bravo on on all fronts there um let me see i i i want to jump over to um to um, Amy, but I, like beyond, we're we're going to be digging into. So all of the tools are going are available to clinicians, and some to actually anybody can access the tools that you've put online. But we're going to be digging down at the AIC into COVID nineteen from a different from a handful of different vantage points. Any anything that you want to that you want to mention? Any beyond. Um, Lee Hood and of course Dr. Longo, Walter Longo is going to be there as well. But any 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 other lectures that are standing out that um, it would behoove us to be at? Well, I I do have to um, you know just honor um, you know one of my my mentors and early teachers, Leo Gallon. You know, and and Leo, you know, has been on the on the front line of of looking at COVID but simply by being in, in New York City at the beginning of this and really thinking through um, how to be able to approach this. So I'm, I'm particularly, you know, interested in, 
in hearing from from Leo, uh, General Pizarro, our our president, you know, is is going to be talking about the uh, you know the aspects of of nutrition, really, uh, and essential nutrients, and and how that unfolds. So, you know, those are some that I'm I'm particularly looking forward to. And then, you know, we have this whole series of concurrent sessions uh, that are going on where we get to hear from our clinical colleagues, yes. you know, of different kinds of approaches, you know, and and you know whether it's people like you know. Uh, you know, Sarah Gottfried and Georgia Tetlow, uh, Mark Hyman, you know, uh, friends, Cat Toops. I mean, I just looked down through this uh, Sunjay Schweig, who's, you know, with the California Center for Functional Medicine. There's a lot of great things that the clinicians are out there doing and working on. And so I'm, I'm super excited about that. You know, we have the, uh, the big names. And then, of course, um, you know, Amy will talk about you know, sort of the lead off with uh, one of the new board members, newer board members for IFM. And that is, you know, Dr. Gail Christopher and, and her work, you know, that really helps to open our eyes. Um, and then, um, you know, Bob Bob Nebio uh, has been doing you know great work on understanding the whole kind of uh, uh, chronic fatigue, you know, myalgic encephalomyelitis, which is yeah. really this, this whole post-viral piece. And I think, you know, he's going to be offering some 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 big views and, and you know talking about as uh, Joe Pizarro does about the exposome as well. So yeah, it's uh you know the the annual international conference is really you know the, the cutting edge of you know, how do we begin to learn and grow? And there are ideas that, you know, that I learned 20 years ago that I'm applying now. And so yes. I know that the things we'll be learning there will be applying for many years in the future. Let's take a minute to hear from our sponsors. Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Kara Fitzgerald. I know a lot of you out there are practitioners like me, helping patients heal using functional medicine to get the root cause of illness. A starting point for many of us uh, is using laboratory testing. In fact, using sophisticated, uh, specialized laboratory testing. I did my postdoc uh, specifically in this testing and have been using it in clinical practice um, ever since. And so to that end, I'm excited to tell you about Rupa Health. Rupa Health allows us to order over 20 labs from a single online portal. That's right. You can just access easily 20 different specialty tests that you're using all of the time and probably juggling kits and your office staff are overwhelmed and you're explaining test kits to patients, et cetera, et cetera. You can now order easily your Dutch tests, your Vibrant America, Genova, Great Plains, and more from this single space. On average, Rupa makes ordering and managing lab testing 90% faster. I'll say that again, 90% faster letting you simplify the process of getting the functional tests you need and giving more time to focus on patients. I cannot tell you what a huge, huge, huge solution this is to a challenging juggle. So go to rupahealth.com and sign up for uh, free or schedule a live demo with the team. That's rupahealth, R-U-P-A, health.com. Now let's get back to this month's episode. 
Yes, absolutely. Well, in just the fact that we're we're circling back to, you know, post viral syndromes, looking at, um, you know, chronic fatigue and bringing back that rich body of knowledge we have from those other viral induced, you know, long term problems. I, I that's just it's that's a lecture that I'm really looking forward to, and also different populations. So Liz Mumper is going to talk about, you know, anxiety and um, depression in kids. You know, she's an awesome pediatrician who um, is on faculty at IFM and that's going to be useful and looking at veterans so it's good information um thanks so much Patrick thanks for for hopping on and joining and joining me in this and and, and talking about some of this important content and uh Amy I want to just circle over to you now and you know last year when you opened AIC um first of all that was I don't know if that if AIC if the if the previous year's AICs are available for download, but your um, opening remarks were some of the most powerful um, that I've ever heard. Very moving because we were indeed settling into the reality of these two pandemics. God, it was an extraordinary time, just this time last year. On one hand, we were opening our eyes to, to COVID-19 and the extent of the damage. And then we were also just thrown into, um, you know, the, the 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 events that you know the the, the murder of George Floyd and, um, you know, and the other the other tragedies that were were occurring. And we were also realizing that there was this massive health inequity going on with regard to COVID. So we were, so much was happening at that time and you were able to, you were able to introduce it and just be in that fire um, this time last year. And I want, and, and guide IFM, I mean, honestly, just in an extraordinary way, your courage and your vision. So talk to us a little bit about how these how that this whole process, these pandemics, has 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 shaped your thinking over this past year, um, in your work with IFM in the field of functional medicine in general. Thanks, Kara, and thanks for having us on today. Um, I was actually getting fueled even further by hearing the conversation between you and Patrick. Um, so thank you. Well, um, you know, I think what's most encouraging, actually, about what you just said in that in that question is that where we find ourselves today with the two um, pandemics of um, the COVID-19 pandemic, but the public health crisis of racism, that actually the public health crisis of, crisis of racism is still a conversation that we're having. And I think one of the major challenges that we've had in that space over the, you know, years, tens of years that we've been, that, that as a country, we've um, in some ways tried and failed to solve this issue is that we talk about it for a little bit and then other things take its place. And yes. we sort of, you know, yes. just go back into our thinking. So I really appreciate that actually as a country, and I'll say um, for the piece of it that, that, you know, we're talking about today as an organization, we're not just kind of still talking about it. Like we are actionably in it. Yes. And we are in it in ways that make us super uncomfortable. And that's exactly what it should be. Right. So for me, I feel energized. Um, you know, uh, earlier this week, I had a chance to have a conversation with Gail Christopher, who 
she joined our board um, this last year. And honestly, she's um, one of the most inspiring and yet um, approachable um, people that I've ever met in my life. And every time that you engage with her, you learn something new um, about how to think, but it's, but it's put in front of you in a way that doesn't make you sort of flinch. It's like, yes, we need to hear that. Please keep talking to me about it. And she's going to open up for us um, at the conference in a, in a powerful way that will connect back to the opening that I gave last year. I'll do a, um, you know, a continuation of that theme, but she's really going to talk to us about not only the two pandemics we've been talking about, but then adding in the economic crisis as a third pandemic. Mm-hmm. And um, how that has shaped, how those pieces have really shaped us over this year is we really, in this moment, um, feel like and know that it's true that functional medicine or personalized medicine, root cause medicine, integrative medicine, however you want to label it, has answers that if you're watching the news every day, we're being told aren't available. So what it does for me is say conferences like AIC are critically important, not only for our tribe, but for us as individuals of our tribe to talk about in other places where we get uncomfortable, where we know that our thinking isn't as popular or in some ways can even be seen as not science, but we know that we have the evidence to back it up that this uncomfortableness that we're living in and lots of communication, we should be taking it right into the, how do we start talking about what we're doing to other people who have been resistant to us in the past. And um, so I see this um, culmination of all of the work we've been doing with COVID and, um, and the good work that's still to come leading into this conference and then us really taking on starting to build the training modules that we need to be building as a leader of the functional medicine movement around um, implicit bias, around really talking about racism, around not just saying the social determinants of health, but actually understanding what that means and what the impact is. And that's really what, what we've led up to with this year's conference. It's, it's just so exciting it's really exciting and it's just it's like this is it's 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 an it's just it's absolutely essential and now is the time for us to expand resilience is the theme that we've been talking about here that this weaves our entire conversation and obviously it's going to be it's 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 intrinsic to probably every uh lecture that will be delivered uh so in this year when we're all dealing with so much, can you talk, you know, a little bit more about how you chose this theme and, you know, how it's impacting your thinking around the conference? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've been um, having conversations with um, practitioners and with institutions, um, of course, over the last year and really trying to understand what the impact has been on them. And one of the things that's been interesting about those conversations is that what we're finding is practitioners that were utilizing a functional functional medicine approach that could, you know, that had a telehealth 
um, plan in place or could easily access, uh, make it accessible, that actually their practices worked during this time. So there was a resilience simply in the methods that they already understood how to imply, how they understood how to put in place right out of the gate. But um, in addition to that, um, the fact that we, you know, one of the main pillars of the work of IFM is, is um, about building confidence and competence. That's what we set out to do through our education. And um, that work isn't simply about memorizing things in a slide deck. That's actually about providing the tools to be able to think about things and be able to boost the resilience of the practitioner for the work that they need to do and their ability to partner so well with their patients to tap their patient's resilience and their patient's innate ability to heal. And that healing is both about their health, absolutely about their health, but actually about how do we step into that healing for communities. So what you'll see um, coming out at AIC, you know, this is the place where every year the whole point of it is to come together and learn the latest and the greatest of functional medicine. What's out there? What do we want to be sure that our family knows about? But we're taking that further. We're really, um, we're going to be presenting about the latest research in functional medicine, but how it actually connects to community. We're talking about resilience in every sense of the word, the resilience of patients, practitioners, administrators, researchers, how do we continue to boost their resilience to do the work that they need to do? The resilience of the, of the human body, body in the face of, um, of adversity. What is it that we need to be doing to support that? And how do we communicate that in a way that it can be heard? So that theme, you'll see it interwoven. And, the, and, and you know, our hope, our, our really what will be our ask is that you take that message back out from the conference and you extend it further into audiences that need to be hearing about it. The last thing I'll say about it, you know, I'm a, I'm a news junkie. So um, really pretty much all the time in our house, the news is up on the screen, it's silence, but up on the screen. And it's, it's sort of, it can be bad, but it is where I live. Um, and when I watch it and I listen to people say, well, the, you know, we don't have a lot of solutions for that. So, you know, the masks are still important and, and, um, and, you know, remain socially distant. Those messages, they, um, we knew that we needed to do those things. We knew people needed to wear masks and we knew people needed to wash their hands and remain socially distant. But we knew we had so much more to offer than that. And we kept pointing at the screen and saying, well, they aren't talking about our stuff. Why aren't they talking about our stuff? This conference has to be the point where we start to break through that. They will be talking about our stuff if we're getting it into the hands of the right people. So hopefully people will walk away from the conference ready to do that. You, this is a call to action. This is a really direct <laughs> call to action. And I think you just, and, 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 and yeah, I, I hear you. And I, I hope in your opening remarks, you continue that you say it again and you say it loud and clearly mm -hmm. there. It's not just those of us who have the, you know the honor and privilege to be on faculty it's all of us all of us have integral you know essential roles in changing mm -hmm. the paradigm and all of us are expert at something that is essential to changing the paradigm there's just absolutely yep. no doubt in my mind that this is an all hands on deck moment 
So when when you're at the conference and you're (laughs) feeling that hint of inspiration, I'm saying this to the folks who are listening, you know, pay attention and think about it. How can you pull that thread forward? And you know, the people who are presenting at this conference and the IFM community is phenomenally available. We want to, we are a web, we are interconnected. And if you have a vision, if you if you want to make movement in your community and you need support, chances are you can find it. Um, gosh, Amy, I, I'm just feeling like we need a clearinghouse around this. I'm, I'm specifically thinking about a friend of mine who um, is training he's moving through certification and he's in urgent he's in an urgent care a large urgent care center in Connecticut there's offices all over the place and they've granted him he's going to have a functional medicine he's they're going to have functional medicine um clinic hours at this system and he said ah. to me I know it's so cool it's so exciting and I know that's this I know that we're not the only state but he said to me so he wanted to his expectation was that he was going to need to sort of jump into I'm going to say you know our boutique style functional medicine practice we're a little bit we're, I think we're you know Tom Blue calls it tertiary care or boutique medicine but it's it's a little bit old school <laughs> it's not the functional medicine model of the future. What he's doing and the fact that hit that urgent care um, chain is going to allow him to do it is where it's at. And immediately I was able to connect him with some folks through IFM and maybe this sort of the, this resource, we can evolve it so that people yeah. who are out in the community can, um, can lean on us. Right. No pressure. Well, you know, can- yeah, no, can I, if, if it's okay, I'd love to just comment on that for a, yeah. a moment, because those conversations with institutions, we're having more of those right now. And, you know, we, we knew um, coming into um, the COVID pandemic, physician burnout was such an important question that, again, people were sort of stumbling around, like, what's causing it? How can we change it? When we talk about confidence and competence, again, that's not just memorizing. That's when you, in leadership, when you build confidence in someone, it's not making sure their head has all the right material in it. It's helping them to pattern the way that they think and helping them to, to be able to, in the moment, digest what's in front of them, apply the things that they know, and then make it so for that problem they're trying to solve. And that's really what it is that we bring through functional medicine. It's that frame, that way of thinking. And practitioners and institutions, they have so many rigid rules that they have to follow for lots of good reasons in many cases. But if we can infuse in, and this is literally how it's described to us as we have these conversations, we're looking to infuse in the functional medicine way of thinking to support our practitioners in the work they do every day. Now that's a very different approach than there's functional medicine and then there's other things, right? This is actually about bringing them together. That's right. And that power, that power actually will take this kind of medicine forward and allow all of you as practitioners to be able to do what you set out to do, which was help your patients to empower themselves to feel better. Yeah. That's how it happens. 
It's really exciting. And because of that, it can work in an urgent care setting or in a hospital mm-hmm. setting. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good point. And I know, you know, we've got lots of just thinking about resilience and supporting, you know, and expanding um, what we're able to do. We've got, I'm looking forward to Tom Blue and um, Sonda Kunzi's presentation, just, you know, this sort of practical, but just the expansion of mm-hmm. the insurance model in, 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 in yeah. COVID and what we're going to have access to now is, is, is phenomenal so and they'll be yeah and they'll be I know they'll be touching on on that um so there's there's a lot of good clinical and research content um mm-hmm. you, we've already touched on it and mm-hmm. do you want to give me just a rundown on on additional <laughs> expectations yeah. what we're going to be learning what we're going to take home with us yeah. yeah well you've mentioned a few but I I will just um you know I'll I'll on a couple. So um, I think we mentioned that Dr. Gail Christopher will be our opening keynote um, talking about the what she calls the triple threat, the triple pandemic of COVID-19 racism and economic crisis. And I think that talk will not feel like being told the same thing you've heard. She actually comes at it from the standpoint of how do we move toward healing to move forward and actually being solution driven. It, it is a powerful talk. Um, Lee Hood will be um, on stage for us, which we are really excited that he um, is coming and he is excited about talking about the Million Person Project, which both you and Patrick have um, mentioned and really that systems biology approach to healthcare. Walter yeah. Longo, I know you have mentioned him a couple of times. Um, you know, uh, Patrick talked for a moment about Dr. Joe Pizzorno's talk. And the thing that's really interesting about what he's going to be talking about, I think the title is sort of a funny title. It's, you know, those, those nutrients that have sort of vanished, those, vo- those molecules that we thought were not important but have vanished. And his way of telling that information is so um, digestible and you yes. really get drawn in <laughs> to him. Yes. Um, George and Tetlow will be together with Reva Robinson. Um, and if you don't know um, either of those, I, I know, Carrie, you do, but, if, but for your audience, if you're not familiar with either of these amazing women practitioners um, talking about physician burnout, and it's an, it's an interactive presentation that they're going to be doing, something different that we've never done before. We'll, of course, be talking about food, lots of places to talk about food. Um, Dr. Ocean Newby and Dr. Dardia will be talking about um, functional medicine and whole health in the VA. We actually have a grant that um, we just um, uh, got engaged with, with the VA around bringing functional medicine into the whole health model. That's super exciting. Um, And then we have a couple of um, talks that are about surgery, about functional medicine associated with surgery and wound care. And that, that place we've sort of known was really important, but we're starting to get some real traction there in a way that reaches beyond our family. So <clears throat> I think the overall, the topics, you know, we will be hitting health equity. Health equity, health equity and the role that functional medicine can play in there. And quite honestly, the, the moral imperative of us understanding and reaching deeply into that space and being active as leaders in that space, you'll hear that thread throughout mental health and the role that functional medicine can play in um, mental health. Um, as I mentioned, there, there will be um, food and nutrition and, and then surgical outcomes, but we also are going to get a few updates about what's happening at Cleveland Clinic. So, I mean, that's a really quick, if you want to see more, please, please, please go to the website and, um, and take a look at what else is there because there's a lot. Yeah, there is. There's a lot. Um, 
what else do I want to pick your brain on? Uh, there's a major milestone we're going to be celebrating <laughs> this year as well, actually. I was, I was kind yeah. of excited to hear about it, even though you know, I've, I, I grew up, <laughs> I've been going to IMM for my entire career. Actually, even when mm -hmm. I was in school, I, I, I was attending uh, Bland lectures, Jefflin lectures and so forth. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, talk to me about what's going on with mm -hmm. the milestone and, and, and what kind of acknowledgement we might see. Yeah, yeah. So um, IFM will be 30 years young, or we are 30 years young this year. So um, I think, you know, just if you imagine 30 years and really what has happened over those 30 years, it's it, Kara and Patrick, it's, it's practitioners like you, actually. You've carried this whole thing on your back for 30 years. It's been happening. And we get to celebrate both the achievements and the look forward what is coming now? So I was joking that it almost feels like we're looking back through scrapbooks and digging into the archives because we really are actually looking back through scrapbooks and digging <laughs> into the archives and finding video clips. And then also um, we will have video clips sprinkled throughout um, the, the entire conference um, from voices that will be both familiar and um, I think will bring a tear to your eye for um, kind of what their influence has been on um, functional medicine. We also bring back the Linus Pauling Award. You know, we went last year without a Linus Pauling Award. We sort of were like, oh, this is, you know, we were going to be on site or we were going to be online. And, you know, at that time we were thinking, well, next year we'll probably be on site. Well, we didn't want to go another year without that award. Yeah. That award is critically important to the functional medicine movement. So we will be awarding a line of falling award, um, which is super exciting. Um, and then, you know, I think the most important part is that, um, and I said this a little bit earlier, but this is the single moment every year that is the largest gathering of functional medicine practitioners in the world. Yeah. And if you settle into that, the purpose of that moment is for us to lift up and celebrate the amazing work that continues to happen in our space. And that's where I go back to this notion of we got to lift it up and celebrate it and move it out. So I think this, this sort of refocusing back to the roots of who we are and remembering the the carrying on the backs that so many people have done in this process and then what does it look like to really take it forward what does it mean for us to take it forward that's that's really what we're going to be talking about in that um, celebratory tone but also hey we have a lot of work to do oh that's so exciting it's it's so exciting i don't <laughs> i would not say that that well patrick Maybe I can speak for you. You can, you can, but I, 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 I have, I don't feel like I've been carrying this. I, I am part of the stream. You know, we're on shoulders of, of, mm -hmm. of greatness. We've got such an important, I mean, just, you know, the fact that we have a Linus Pauling award, I mean, our lineage is just so, so remarkable. And, you know, I was just a newbie student, you know, attending conferences with in awe, <laughs> just in awe of the breadth and the depth and the, and the, of, of the content, the science and the clinical, you know, and the translation of the science to clinical practice. And God, I just, you know, one of the earliest lectures for me that, 
is is so sticky. It's so sticky in my soul. It was, you know, Bethany Hayes and, and, and estrogen metabolism. That's it was just such an important, you know, uh, uh, lecture that that still informs my my thinking to this day. And anyway, so we're mm -hmm. there's there's many shoulders that we that we are inspired by and, and, and carry us all. Mm -hmm. I think the base of the if you want to call it the I was a cheerleader so I always thought about pyramids and bases and I was a base so um when I think about the base of where this started and really on the shoulders of Jeff and Susan Bland and um yeah. and then you know David Jones and Joe Pizzorno and Mark Hyman and I I do put Patrick in there that that building yeah. and you mentioned Bethany Hayes yeah. um that going back and being able to recognize that start but then appreciate what's to come mm -hmm. it's just it's just really important for us to do that fabulous yeah it's almost essential because it'll mm -hmm. be very grounding mm -hmm. to walk through that journey mm -hmm. and we are heading um into into bigger and bolder and important places um patrick did you want to say anything i don't want to Jump no, I think you've covered it really well. I just, you know, you're <laughs> quoting quoting Newton. You know, we can see farther because we stand on the shoulders of giants. And mm -hmm. you know, we and and IFM has grown to continue to, you know, expand the awareness, but also to expand the participation. You know, we have more and more educators, more and more facilitators, more and more clinicians who are out there applying it. You know, more and more research that's being done. You know, we can. You know, it, it feels like we're moving to that. Um, that inflection point is, you know, where, you know, first we were irrelevant and then we were opposed. And now, now we're moving, you know, into the phase where, where it's like, oh, well, we, you know, all along, we knew this is, this is good medicine. <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's nothing to push against. And, um, you know, we, we find that from the, from the thought leaders that we engage, um, that the, the system's approach is just what makes sense. And, and we have some experience with how to apply it. And we're being given that opportunity and more and more. Um, and I feel just honored to be a part of it. Yeah, it is. It, it is. It's definitely um, deeply gratifying to be on this journey with everybody. And, and you know, that brings me to really my last question is I... The mothership lands, AIC for me is like the mother the mothership landing. And as you said, folks from all corners of the globe come who have embraced this model. And mm -hmm. for years being on site, you know, I had my 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 posse who I've danced <laughs> a lot with on Saturday, you know, and had so much fun with and you know, share notes with from, you know, originally just writing them on the on the blank um exam books we would get to um, you know, typing them out and on and on and on. But it's always been a, a very nourishing time for me to connect with my people. And Patrick being one of them, and just such an important and essential time. Um, it's so obviously we're going to be online, and it's going to be different. So how how are you going to facilitate that that connection that we've been able to do in person? How are you going to facilitate that for us online? Well, um, I think you're absolutely right. It is the moment when you just can't wait for the hug of that person that you haven't seen for a year. 
And, um, you know, I like literally, if you could see me right now, I'm like teary eyed with a red nose because that um, I, we, we know that that is missing. And yet um, even last year, we were able to facilitate some connections that I think even surprised us. And we'll be putting those back into place again this year. Um, we have something called Brain Dates, which is a really easy, spontaneous way to get together a small group or just a one-on-one um, video chat that, that, you know, you think, oh, well, I can set up a Zoom. Well, this is different. It's super easy to do it. You sign up and pick a time and you can, and you can interact in the way that you might say, you know, th- the same thing would happen with you bumped into someone and said, hey, let me meet you a little bit later at the bar and we'll have a drink. Well, let's meet on brain date and how to chat. I, I want to catch up with you. So please look at those. We will have cooking demos like we had last year. Great cooking demos, actually, this year again, and um, hope that you'll um, tune in for those. The poster sessions, you know, poster sessions we started, I think this is our third year maybe fourth. Um, and we started those a couple years back as a new way to be able to share more material that we couldn't get into the conference, but we wanted to be sure that everybody um, saw it. And each year, I think more and more people go, oh, gosh, I got to go to the poster session. I didn't know yes. that was available last year. Please look into that because it is, it's not simply poster sessions like you go to a science, you know, a more science-based conference like a um, for like my husband goes to research conferences that are all research it's not like that it, it some of it will be that but some of it is just talking about new ideas new ways of thinking sharing things that are upcoming so please go to the poster sessions and then you know we do have daily movement that happens every day um in in the morning for yoga or in the morning with a you know early morning session and then there's a lunch session also which is really um, a nice place to engage and interact and those are on the zoom platform so you actually can see you know other people are doing it as well the resource center is a hub of all kinds of good information um, another new piece that we'll offer this year is an opportunity to engage with board members. So we will have a couple of brain dates uh, or sorry, Zoom sessions that are specifically about engaging with board members, which is exciting. And then um, the virtual exhibit hall gets better and better every time we offer it. Really, really exciting. We'll have um, close to 40 booths there. Great material. Last but not least, this is a new addition this year, is um, we will be just um, after the close of AIC, there is a new extended series around practice implementation. These are gonna be five 30-minute sessions. They're um, either clinical, technical, or business innovation, and they are about translating um, functional medicine education into practical application for your practice. So they are very much about Take this that you learn and put it to work in your practice on Monday morning. So that's new um, and something that I think people will re- be really exciting, excited to engage in. That's kind of the quick rundown. And Carrie, we've just talked with you about a bunch of different things. And um, you've been sharing a little bit off and on about kind of what excites you about the conference every year. But what, what is the you know, one or maybe two things that you're thinking, wow, I just can't wait for this year? So. You know what, I want to say that there's a, well, there's a different, always I'm excited to be uh, engaged by the amazing presenters and then seeing my colleagues and hearing what my, the remarkable things my colleagues are, are up to. It's just this sort of, this, I just all, you know, 
this this interconnected web where we we just raise each other in our ability to to practice medicine and change the paradigm so that's always at AIC every year what's mm -hmm. different this year is that we've got we're <laughs> We're grounding in our past with this 30 year celebration. And I think that that's particularly poetic as we face our expansion. If we are going to change the global medical paradigm, if we are going to change the sort of disease trajectory that we live in, you know, as our medical model, we have to expand into um, health disparities, into racial inequality. We have to bring this medical model this to, to, to everywhere it just has to be like you know a river that's overflowing into the land <laughs> around it and beyond we we absolutely have to do that that i mean there's just no i'm 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 so clear in that and so we're doing that this year we're you know and you're kind of leading the charge in this amy i just really want to give you a lot of credit we're moving into the uncomfortable but essential conversations around um racial dis racial disparity in medicine and so that's happening the other thing is happening and this is you know credit to um to patrick and the COVID 19 task force um we're talking about COVID 19 we're talking about how to address it from a functional medicine model we're talking about some of the fallout of COVID 19 with regard to mental health you know we're looking at veterans and all sorts of that so those those are two things that i'm excited about that are incredibly important but the other in the final piece the piece that just sort of speaks to me as sort of as a kind of a research nerd at heart um is Steve Horvath is going to be there. The, you know the the biostatistician at UCLA who developed the um you know the, the 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 dna methylation biological age clock like he's going to be presenting and last year i presented my research where he used his original 2013 clock i mean his what he the work that they're doing on um being able to measure biological age using uh dna methylation patterns is just extraordinary so i obviously can't wait to hear that and of course um lee hood and you know in his you know, he's got one of the guys who mapped the genome, you know, minor detail. And and what he's up to now is he blasts into the omic stratosphere. Um, actually, Sarah Gottfried is going to be talking about, you know, using these this multi-omic model for um, uh, diagnosing early metabolic changes. And, you know, Walter Longo, I cannot wait to hear what he's up to. I got to podcast with him a few years ago when it was such a... Uh, a I just, it was great. It was a great conversation. He's in the thick, he's in the cutting edge of science as, 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 as Patrick mentioned earlier, you know, applied science, actually, you know, he, he brought it into his own life and we all, we're all using Longo's research in our practice. So to hear what he's up to, big deal. So I just, I feel like it's going to be satisfying, um, kind of really almost at a level that we haven't quite hit before, even as our our previous AICs have been wonderful. So, anyway, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. I I I wanted. I tried to write down all the things you were saying because they were amazing. <laughs> it was beautiful. Ah, uh, uh, well, I appreciate you two joining me today and just getting to kind of, you know, indulge in 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 what we. Um, have coming up next month. Patrick, always good to be able to chat with you. Hugs to you both. Thank you so much, Thank Kara. Thank you so much, Kara. All right.
to be continued next month <laughs> at AIC. Ciao, everybody. And that wraps up another amazing conversation with a great mind in functional medicine. I am so glad that you could join me. None of this would be possible through the years without our generous, wonderful sponsors, including Integrative Therapeutics, Metagenics, and Biotics. These are companies that I trust and I use with my patients every single day. Visit them at integrativepro.com, bioticsresearch.com, and metagenics.com. Please tell them that I sent you and thank them for making New Frontiers in Functional Medicine possible. And one more thing, leave a review and a thumbs up on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you're hearing my voice. Um, these kind of comments will promote New Frontiers in Functional Medicine, getting the word on functional medicine out there to the greater community. And for that, I thank you. Until next time.